Simi Arif joins us in studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in question. Are there side effects? Or? Just diarrhea. My first guess is... Simi, Simi, Simi. Knock, knock, who's there, this guy? Lesser known somebody's. Welcome to Africa's 8th Best Podcast with me, Samir, of 8th Best Podcast and Radio Station's Silliest Interview. Today, I have a gargantuan broadcaster, one that has gravitas, which is a word I recently read in a legal report. Um, not only is she a broadcaster, she's also an author and president of the Being Ignored by Presidents Club. Please welcome with me today <laughs> in my studio, uh, Iman Rapetti. How are you, Iman? I hope I live up to your introduction. Well, firstly, I was doing this prep for my interview, and then my mom said, yo, you know Iman Rapetti is not a real name. I was like, hmm? <laughs> You're telling me the name Iman Rapetti is made up, Leila? And she goes, yeah, it's not a real name. She's from Phoenix. <laughs> your I mom said, read my book, clearly. I think my mom actually may know you. <laughs> I was like, which A, either gave your age away and definitely gave her age away, yeah. but then she was like, her real name is Vanessa. Mm -hmm. I hope you know this. I was mm -hmm. like, no, I didn't. She's like, yeah, it's like Vanessa Moodley. Please tell me that this is a lie. My mother's lying. I want to keep things fresh in our relationship. So oh, the there we go. Don't say that, crush. Don't say that, guys. <laughs> I, knew this, I knew this interview would go absolutely nowhere because Iman is one of my crushes. And Iman doesn't remember the first time she met me, but I remember the first time I met her. And it was... Um, Honestly? Yeah. Let me tell you. It's two moments. The first moment when I met you, you were on television. Uh, and, well yes, and you were telling me about protests because that's the only thing I knew about you is that if there's a person that knew where a protest was happening, Iman Rapetti would be able to verify it and show me visuals what about what's going honor. on. <laughs> like, ah, Iman, where, where is a tire burning in Soweto today? I need to know the road. <laughs> like, you became so good. Or in Stanton, or in anywhere. Really. Anywhere. You became so good at protests that you are the forefront of a Fees Must Fall protest mm. where you experienced students that were angry. Yeah. And then you decided in your bravery to go near a fence <laughs> where the students were barricaded by the union buildings. Mm. Brave, Iman Rapetti, the bravest person <laughs> in media to go stand there, no helmet on. <laughs> these are students. You think these students have WhatsApp. You stand over there and you take the microphone and you show and then you saw a fence and a rock come towards you. Iman, how do you do it? <laughs> You don't think, you just do. <laughs> I mean, so you know, it's so funny. So there's this adage in, in journalism, you know, when, mm. when stuff is happening, happening. Yeah. The human instinct is to run away from danger. Yes. We're, we're hardwired to run towards it. You are wrong still. You know? <laughs> But I have to clear up something and yes. set the record straight. So I remember that day. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was intense. Yeah. A lot was happening, a lot of moving parts. <laughs> and a yes. journalist near me had a rock down on his head. He There was bleeding from the head. Uh, we were broadcasting at one point for about 10 minutes from a portaloo yeah. until the portaloo got struck by yeah. various things. I you remember know? the visuals. I was there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> But what also happened was, was mm. that we were struck by tear gas. And so tear gas, I don't know if you've ever been caught up in tear gas. I have. Your eyes will release... Yeah. A wet fluid. Yes, you start crying for no reason. And people were like, "Why is he on, on Twitter?" It was like, yeah. "Why is she crying? She's there." She, you know, she, and I was like, "Dudes!" If, and then I went to some like dubious water fountain at the Union Buildings, obviously chlorinated, yeah. to try and wash my eyes. Oh, you put chlorine so, in your eyes. So you know, it was just it was one of what those. What a days. hazardous occasion for a journalist. But it was, you know, 
you know, it's it's these moments because we're we're making mm. we're co-writing history in a sense. I just, you know, news is the first draft. Of that's history. how I knew Fees Must Fall was real when I saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought it was my buddies being angry. <laughs> but this is a side note. The, the one of my favorite stories from Fees Must Fall. No one wrote about it. There was a guy at Vitz. I can't remember his name, but he was a hobo. He lived underneath the bridge by Bramfontein. Mm-hmm. But they would just get this guy for the protest because, I mean, you need fighters. And everybody's standing in a circle one day. And I'm standing there with my friend, Jan, who's a journalist, also on this podcast. Great podcast, by the way. And, Fantastic. Um, the best. The eighth yeah, best. Yeah, the eighth best podcast. And it's actually three, but I've messed up with the slogan too early. I jumped the gun. <laughs> I thought it would get to eight, but then went to three. And I'm like, I can't change the slogan now. Wow. So um, I'm standing there with Jan and I think Shira Kala was speaking. Mm. And then everybody had a chance to speak. And then this guy came to his turn and he just opened up like a 1.5 liter of orange juice and poured it on top of himself. And everybody cheered. And I was just <laughs> like, wow, this is, the, is this what the movement's about? Oh, 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 Ross. OJ. <laughs> I was so excited. But that's the first time I met you. When I first met you in person, I came in to interview you. I know you interviewed me for a show I was doing. And I felt there was a connection. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you just went, yeah. Like, Do you want to define that connection? Well, clearly I read into it a lot more than you do because I've just seen your facial expression and you're just like, yeah. The oh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> stop it. And you've got curly hair. You know, it's my thing. You know, I wrote, I write it's curly poems. wet hair right now. Yeah, right now. But I mean, I've seen hair with curls. You know, I wrote a whole poem about curls. Yeah, curls, curls, curls on girls. My mind unfurls when I see curls on girls. Ooh. I know it's nice. Uh, it's, at, it's in my new show, Love and Other Jokes. But the first, do you remember the first time you met me though? And what were your thoughts? I just, you know, what I love most about you is that you got two feet on the ground. I know your head's in the clouds somewhere. Always. You know, but you're so consistent in who you are. Thank you. And that's a rarity in the life that we live, especially in this industry where people change. Um, The more hyper-exposed they become, the less intentional, the less honorable, Mm. the less of themselves. That's such a lovely answer because one of my questions that I wrote down is because I haven't seen enough of you lately. Like, um, you know, it's weird. As not as a fan, but because that's inherently how I get my heroes and the people I look up to and stuff. So like I've known Iman from television and radio. I listen to Iman when she's on the radio. And then I've noticed for a year, I can't find you <laughs> other than for some crazy show on the Life Channel where you're talking about love, people people being in relationships and getting murdered. I was just like, geez, yeah. what's going on over here? I mean, I, I know I Iman was damaged, but I didn't know she was that badly damaged. I was like, what's going on here? So I was just like, so what have you done for a whole year? Well, it's amazing how time is amplified when you miss someone. Yes. A year is as a thousand years. It feels like forever. I can't tell you. I know moments. When someone says Iman repeated to me, I know exactly what I say. I say, oh, firstly, my crush. And then I go, <laughs> secondly, hey, do you remember that time she was speaking to Jacob Zuma and he hit her with a cold shoulder? <laughs> like, hey, sorry, sorry. I was like, oh, do you remember that time she told Johan Rupert, I don't know what room I'm in, my man. <laughs> Like, do you remember these things? Where is this person? We are missing the spice of life. You know, you start going onto Twitter. I went into Instagram. Six photos a month. No, girl, please. You honestly did that? Why did you torture yourself? But no, because... Ah, guys, come on. I'm here to find out more about my crush. Where have you been? Well, I think that you would be attracted to me less if you knew more about me. Not a chance. So the, the mystery... other day I was sitting in Melville and I was speaking to a couple of comedians. I say it like that because they were lesser than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know my worth. Are I know you a my joke worth. broker? No, I'm an, I know my worth. I know yeah. my worth. I can't be seen in the streets of Melville with you other know, comedians. The scandal. The scandal. And um, I feel this warm yet delicate touch on my right shoulder. <laughs> and then a graze of leather jackets. 
and st- well, I'm a tall person, so when I sit down, I'm about the size of Iman Rapeti standing, <laughs> and I see, ah, Iman Rapeti is out on the prowl, maybe. I say, oh, Iman, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, oh, hello, Simi. Oh, she knows my name. <laughs> no rubbish. That's true. But what have you been doing? I want to know. Well, it's only been realistically only five months that I've Why? been away from any kind of mm-hmm. broadcast media. And that was really intentional because there are two principles mm-hmm. along which I'm living my life this year. And okay. the one is a life by design, not consequence. And, you know, the Elaborate. other. Well, a lot of times what we do mm. where we land up in life is mm. because we've been set on a path that's been created for us. Of and course. that's both a psychological and a sort of you know material and practical mm. path. So our parents want us to be certain things or yeah. we define for ourselves based on other people's expectations or expectations that mm-hmm. we think we have of ourselves. And we say, okay, so that's my geography. That's where I'm headed to. That's yeah. who I'm going to be and that's how I'm going to be defined. But if we really unpack that and we yeah. interrogate it a little bit more and we connect more with where we see ourselves internally as human beings, like what are the attributes of the person that I want to become? Not the definition of the person, like doctor, lawyer, journalist, whatever. I'm talking about the attributes. Do I want to be kinder? Do I want to be softer? Do I want to be more conscious and aware? That is exactly how I've been living my life. I didn't know there was a whole principle by it. It's because I come from a brown family. So, you know, you're told as soon as you finish school, like, yo, medicine, law, accounting, engineering, choose the one. You've got a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I chose this li- I like I did a BALLB but as you can tell I'm nowhere close to being a very good lawyer well um, you, you still have uh, the gift of oratory oh thank you impressive. so much oratory is my favorite word <laughs> it's literally my favorite word it starts with R- yep. That's okay. a, you can be it's fine Iman if you want to be a dirty person on this podcast please it doesn't do any damage to my brand there, there can be an elegance about filth of course baby. Iman I've read uh, parts of your book mainly because I, every single time I see your book, uh, your face is always looking upwards and really looking at me like, are you going to buy this thing now? Oh, so, so my book is always beneath you somewhere? And- oh my gosh, Iman, <laughs> please stop flirting with me. I don't know what to do in these moments. You know, I struggle with women, Iman. I know it's, it sounds, guys. I me, can't believe that. I'll, no, I'll be very honest with you. Everybody listening to this podcast, uh, even some of my ex-girlfriends that listen to it and some of my stalkers. <laughs> uh, I struggle. I can't make first moves with a woman. It's never been my thing. So how do you uh, get with a woman then? I don't. <laughs> so how easy is that? It's um, every single time uh, I am with a, with a woman and uh, they re- generally get very frustrated near the end because they're just like, are you going to kiss me now? And I'm such a sucker for consent these days. You know? <laughs> I think it's good. <laughs> yep. I, I would I, rather but, have over and, consent. And, and that's why with like the whole Me Too movement, and like there was a time where all these comedians were getting outed um, because they were sexual predators, basically. Mm. And every, someone phoned me and asked me, am I worried? And I said, me, Simi. And like, yes, are you worried? I was like, no. And he's like, why aren't you worried? I was like, the worst thing I've done with a girl is hold her hand without asking. Really? So, yeah. Straight up. I'm so confident when I search Did my name on Twitter. you like, you know, the rural hinterland of KZN? No, I grew up with <laughs> <laughs> hinterland. Love. <laughs> um, no, my mom and dad, when, um, when growing up, right, I remember things like the one day... Um, you know, when you're young, you have like these, I like to call them small girlfriends. They're not real relationships. Mm. You're like... Lila, they call them yeah. Lila. Mm. Lila, that's a cool name. So I remember a girl had bought me a PlayStation. But then we had wow. broke up like the day after the PlayStation. 
It was still in its box. Yeah, I hadn't even used it yet. And my mom and dad said, Simi, how do you feel about this? And I was like, about the PlayStation? Dope. <laughs> Better than my parents. Clearly, this person knows what I like. And they're like, you can't keep it. And they explained to me. And then I went over to her house and I gave it back. How and I said, I'm so sorry. Um, 14, 15. She had rich parents then. Yeah, she did. Oh. She did. She did. Um, but like I've never, and also because I have a younger sister. Mm. So I know like my dad, when growing up, he kept on saying like, hey, you've got to always look after your sister and always be a role model for your sister because when she grows older, she needs to find someone like you. So mm. anything that would put my sister in an awkward position, I would always assume that a girl that I'm with should never be in that position as well. So I would hate for someone it's to just come up. not a bad principle. So did you give cool. it back? Yeah, I gave the PlayStation back. How did she to. feel about it? Fine, because you know... <laughs> <laughs> Give me my damn PlayStation, yeah, that's bro. That's exactly it. That is literally it. That is literally it. And, uh, but like, so, so like when all the people like, I was like, yo guys, I hold hands. I'm like, that's my I love that though. There's, a, there's an endearing simplicity and quality to that. Thank you. I find that everything these days, in again, everything is hyper, hyper-sexualized, mm. hyper-exposed, mm. hyper-violent in our society particularly. At those... Ten, you know those tender moments are the best. The, the, it's 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 the ballet of exchange, mm. Mm. you know, of yeah. of intention, of a signal, yeah. of a follow through. Now imagine a person that can't read any signals, and now imagine that you're sitting opposite them right now, because that is me. <laughs> I can't imagine a world <laughs> Not like that. You're, a you're picking up all my cues quite successfully. Uh, I'm just a soft person, very vulnerable soul. Really? Uh, yeah, I've realized that. Um, you have to have a. a you know, a tough exoskeleton sometimes because it's self-protecting and it's self-care. You know, when people talk about tough exoskeletons, um, inherently a tough skin, um, I don't have one. I have one maybe when I'm outside of my house, but I'll go home and cry. I've got no problem doing that. And I've got this new thing where I don't cry on my bed. Well, I, where do you cry? On the floor. It's easy. There's a Bollywood movie playing. No, I don't watch oh. Bollywood. <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. Everybody always tells me, but I know a lot of Bollywood songs. Um, I leave those ones. You know the one. There's one called uh, Lagjagale by Sanam. It's uh-huh. a boy band. I heard in Cape Town. Mm. My agent, uh, Osman Osman, very good podcast as well, guys. You go listen to that one. As you can see, I punt my own podcast prominently. Yeah. Um, he took me to, and they're like the Backstreet Boys of India. Wow! And they sing a song go Lagjagale ke pirmiye sirata ho na ho, which is the it's uh, like Urdu is so hard to translate into English because it means come and Brace me because this moment may not happen again. But look at the stars. They're not aligned, but they're aligned for us. It's like, oh. it's like, it's like deep okay. stuff. Can I, can I round yeah. it off with a, tr- like this, and make it a triumvirate of Please. great Indian songs? Please Hindi go songs. Yeah. So this one is, which is, and, and what it means is, may, may you never be far from my eyes. I mean, oh. how beautiful. If somebody said to me, without you, my life has no purpose. <laughs> you see, English music can't do anything. You can't do anything. Well, Persian is actually also a very romantic language. And oh, I, I yes, learned and to you... speak and write it when I was living in Iran. How did you land up in Iran? If you guys don't know, Iman, Vanessa. Vanessa went to Iran and then became Iman. Yeah. Well, before And then went to Italy went, and became Repeti. <laughs> no. Repeti is a Sanskrit name. It, it's a Sanskrit. Did you get to choose your own name? I chose my own name and Iman was the one that fit me best. Why did you even choose a name? You know, I have a, I have a whole theory about it because I'm like, there's no name that is Muslim. Not even Muhammad. Yeah. Muhammad's not a Muslim, it's an Arab name. Yeah. Because that guy was Muhammad for 40 years. Before. I say that guy, but I'm talking about the Prophet, guys. The Prophet, peace be upon him, in mm. case you guys get Haba. angry. Uh, and um, 
Yeah, so when people go, it's not a Muslim name, I'm like, what is? Tell me, I would love to know. Mm. That's why it's I'm when, true. Yeah. When I was growing up and I would listen to Arabic music, I had a, an uncle, so I was in a very yeah. Christian family, born again, happy, clapper, spirit filled. And he would hear Arabic and he would think that was satanic. And I was like, but they are Christian Arabs. Yeah. Who, who, this is their language. Whoa. So there are so many misunderstandings in life. And I think, you know, so I was saying about the two principles mm. that I think we should live by, for me yeah, anyway. The first one was One is a life by design and, and, and the other is being incredibly intentional about what you want. Because mm-hmm. I think that when you state an intention, you become a magnet for everything that you need to make that intention materialize. That's wonderful. So leaving the radio, leaving the television, like leaving, you know, the kind of life that I'd known for the last many years mm. behind to go into the great unknown. I'm an inventor, Sami. I've invented something. Thing. What have you invented? I can't tell you. Oh my god! Are we, are, is it one of these NDA things. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. Basically, you and an influencer are the same thing. Influencers hit me with the same thing. I know many influencers, and about three times every month they come to me, ask me to brainstorm an idea, and then they say, "Please, can you sign this NDA?" And I go, "Babes, listen." It's not that good. <laughs> Let someone Well, mine is it. brilliant because it's going to change the world. I'm I already preparing my Nobel speech, my Nobel medical. Award. Um, it's a medical speech. thing as well. Will it you tell is. me off air? Can I start guessing it? Uh, has, you can't start some... guessing it. But so here's how it's serious is yeah. I've had this idea for like a decade almost. And then in the last year, kind of like my, my switches went on and I was like, I have to do it because somebody else will always, the idea will happen with, with or yeah. without you. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I put sure in actually. a lot of my own money to R&D it. Yeah. And we're at a, at a place now where we have some really legitimate buy-in from people. We're talking a lot of money. To make and create something for the world that is is going to change the world. I'm available I, I for employment. I'm tired <laughs> of sitting at home. You should never have that mindset. You should always aim to be to be the rider of your own chariot. Iman, it's not working. That rider of my own chariot thing. <laughs> I don't even have a license for that chariot. It is <laughs> it is not going well. It is comedy is struggling at this moment in time in South Africa. It's tough to put bombs on seats. I would think it should be the converse, right? Because we're nope. in such a time of like misery, really. And M- people don't have money. The first thing to go when money gets tight is entertainment. Well, let's do some Goodwill shows and get some major sponsorship I, around it. I did a show where I gave every single proceed to Femme Projects, which is I know, a non... I know, because yeah. I interviewed you about yeah. that. But I'm, what I'm saying is that we should start a comedy collective that is sponsored by all the mm. major corporates. And in fact, every company that has had the sort of you know, scandal, yeah. the hint of scandal around yeah. them. They put money in, they sponsor the show to make people, <laughs> they should <laughs> be punished, you wow. know. Cricket South Africa, pull through, <laughs> your boy is here, he is waiting. <laughs> I think we should work, now this is a viable idea, we should workshop that because South Africa needs to laugh, we need to laugh. You, you know, but like, if it wasn't for people like you, I wouldn't have the opportunity to tell jokes because if you don't have good journalists and stuff like that who are really serious that provide like a source of news, I wouldn't be able to take the mickey out of it. Did you ever write a joke about me? Yeah, I've done to it. make fun of me? Uh, no, I never make fun of a person. Yeah, I so never make fun unless jokes? they're like unless they're my friend. Yeah, so it's different. So, so make a joke about me. I've done them. I like the protest one. I've done. I remember. What did I was you in, say? I was talking about. I wouldn't know where if Imanra Petty wasn't on <laughs> air. I wouldn't know where to burn a tire. <laughs> like I've I've had lots. And I'm like I mean I use them as throwaways lines. And but until I met you, and then I don't think I've done them again because you're actually one of the few people that actually come to shows. And every single time I've seen you, you've either A, asked about a show, B, promoted the show, or C, actually attended the show. You came to a small club gig of mine yeah, in, in Marrow's Arch. Arch. And then I still remember you brought, I think it was your daughter, yeah. and she couldn't see, so I, had to, I found a tall chair <laughs> so she could see. Yeah. And I was just like, it's very rare that um, people come. Uh, I always get amazed when I see my friends or people that have interviewed me come because 
I always think it's, they're just doing their job to help me promote the show and they're not really there. No. Which means that you also care about the arts and I, that's I what do, I like. But you must also remember that in the work that we do, especially as journalists, you know, mm. we're... we're I feel, in a sense, kind of toxified by a lot mm. of negativity. Mm. So even these six months that I've been away from the microphone is about just re-inhabiting myself with things that are good. Mm. Like doing some of my own internal reconstruction mm. work on being happy again, on centering, on finding mm. my place. And what is it that I really want to do? What really makes me happy in the world? Mm. You know? And what does make you happy? What makes me happy is to, well, is to, for, for, you know, firstly to have agency in my own life. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I've been a passenger in my own life mm-hmm. in, in, in a way. Go there, Iman. Speak here. Do this. Do that. I've been directed. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm taking charge of that. But also, I'm getting rid of a, a lot of relationships that have mm. been like Deadwood. Yeah. That have run their course and I've just, you know, they're like frames on a wall of people, people that don't, don't exist anymore. People don't understand that friendships and relationships can happen like that and yeah. that you don't have to maintain them throughout your whole life. You don't have to always keep everyone on you for don't. the journey. It doesn't have to be a caravan. Sometimes yeah. it can be a solo experience. Yeah, but know? also like things run their course. They have expiry dates. I'm just like, sometimes, like I look at some of my friends that I have, they've always been older than me. And the older ones, generally, I, I keep longer because... They have wisdom I don't have. And people my age and a bit younger, maybe they're not there as much as they used to be. Well, think about it this way. I mean, say you're studying coding, for example, Mm. and you've done the course and you've, Mm. you've got your certificate and you know how to code. You know, you, you may... Oh, you said coding? I thought you said codeine. And I was just like, oh, okay, scissor. Is that why you were nodding yeah, so enthusiastically? I like, no, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but friends are like mm. that. They're like teachers, you know. Mm. They're, they're tomes of information. And there's this constant exchange, lesson learning, you mm. know, co-journeying together. Mm. Sometimes the, their input in your life ends. Mm. It's run its course. And they need to move on to something else. And you need to move on to something else. But it can always be done kindly. I've got to ask you this question. And you may... Um, I may lose respect from you depending on the answer. Um, Ooh, so much pressure now. Yeah. Do you believe in crystals and stuff and horoscopes? I Don't I, choose no. the words co- very carefully right now. No, 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 no. no. Okay, thank so, so I think that everyone finds their own pathway. Okay. There are things that I might think are not ground because I'm, I'm, I think that science has to go in tandem with things yeah. that we believe. Okay, guys, as Iman says, I just want to say, if you had to choose between antibiotics and rose quartz, please, please choose the antibiotics. <laughs> please, 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 please. I think we should have a healthy skepticism about most things yes. in our oh, lives. I love skepticism. And we should also create room for the unknown. Mm. So as much as I can say that I, I, I don't believe that there's a massive superior yeah. you know, male being that's running mm. the world and running yeah. all of us. I do believe that there are certain things, there are energies in the way that, mm. like, like you and I are both exchanging mm. energy right now. Mm. And as this energy goes out into the world, mm. it's being exchanged mm. with other people and it's triggering mm-hmm. things for them. Yeah. And that's what we're doing, we're sharing and there's a transference. If I feel happy and you're in my space, yeah. you, you imbibe some of that happiness yes. and it elevates your spirit. Yeah, I, you d- know? I definitely get that. So, and look, horoscopes, crystals, it's not really my thing. But Thank it does you. bring people who, for whom it matters something. And I think that when you put an energy of belief in something yeah. and when you really it's it's like for you it can manifest yeah. because the mind is incredibly powerful you know I, I do believe the mind is incredibly powerful I think where I get upset with this type of stuff is that someone once offered me to read uh, Eckhart Tolle I yeah. think that's how you say it I don't Eckhart know Tolle. Yeah. I'm not going to say Tolle I know what a Tolle is <laughs> I know what a Tolle is Iman, I know what a tolly is. It's my yeah, pee-pee. It's my total uh, man. I, yeah. I know what a tolly is. Can we say tolly? Yeah, you can say. Oh. This is the one podcast in the world where you can say anything except swear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like only, and the only reason is, is because guys, as you can tell, the audio is really, really good. And that's because we're using studios at um, Prime Media. And um, 
that's remember years ago on the first episode of this podcast is like i'm going to show you radio guys one day i'm going to get back there I'm here now and I don't know what to do. I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. Um, so that's why I'd, we can't really swear because I want them to sell it so I can make money. I'm tired of being poor. I'm tired. Are you poor really? <sighs> it is tough. I'm not, I'm not poor. Like I'm not beneath the bread line, but I, I'm so What's your relationship with money? Um, I want to make sure my bond is paid every month. May that's I invite my you to consider another proposition around money? If it means going on a date with you and you throwing hundred and notes at me, yes, that is the proposition I would love to take out. Far too basic, and that can happen right now. Done. But okay, please don't throw coins; they hurt. Uh, it's not as my, my first son rodeo. would say, you know, I won't make it rain; I make it hail. Oh wow! <laughs> Someone once borrowed a hundred rand from me, and then the next tweet was, "I'm in the club," and I said, "Please make it drizzle with my money." <laughs> I think they make five cent coins oh. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Okay, continue. What's um, your proposition? Is all it is, it's it's like the lubrication in the machine mm. is what money is. Mm. It's, it's it's an energy. If you give it too much power as the thing that will define how your existence is going mm. to be, then you've inverted th- that power shift. You've given yeah. it power. But if you're in charge, your relationship with money changes. And that's how I feel. You know, so I yeah. when I meet people or I'm, I'm yeah. selling a proposition or I'm, I'm wanting to, you know, sign a deal for my business or create yeah. relationships with people where money is going to be an outcome somewhere yeah. along the line. Because that's not my primary intention, that gives off an energy. It gives off a kind of desperation. Yeah. There's nothing that stinks worse than desperation. Can you smell it on me? You can, it, it reeks oh, from a mile off. Wow, thank you. Wow, it does. Thank you. But if you know that it's meant, it's your servant. It's I'm, not your master. Can I tell you what I'm actually tired of? It's not a money thing. I'm disillusioned with um, my industry. I'm disillusioned with lots of things, in, and specifically in a South African context. I'm disillusioned in it. There's only so much energy I can give towards doing the thing that I do. And I'm tired of it. I'm yeah. tired. Like every single time I do a show. So my new show is called Love and Other Jokes because I went through an incredible, I had a relationship five years. So everybody has like a bad love story. That was mine. So I wrote the show and it's an incredibly emotional show. And every single time I perform it, yeah, I'm happy to perform because I love performing. But I get off and I'm so tired and I'm just like, I don't know if I want to have this up and down so much you anymore. You listen to yourself. I do listen to myself. That's why I don't do the show often. I have a theory that I call environmental squeeze. Yeah. And it's very simple. It just yeah. means that if you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing for you, yeah. you're invi- and you don't make the choices to change that, yeah. your environment will force you to change it. Okay. The show is telling you that maybe it's not quite for you or maybe it needs to be changed yeah. or how you're interacting with your craft is incorrect for you. Yeah. So when you stop thinking about it as, I'm going to write a good show, audience yeah. is going to come, they're going to pay me, I'm going to get money and then I can do more. It's got to, you, you, your approach and your strategy has got to be different. Why are you so clever? I think. Why you, how did you become clever? Are you, see, I, I closed my laptop because I was just like, <laughs> these questions I do not need to ask. Well, I don't know how if I am. Become, I just think. No, you are clever. You are very clever. And it amazes me how you're not rolling these streets with 300 men chasing after you after how every How do you corner. know that's not happening? You can smell it on there you. There was a crowd <laughs> outside. There's a desperation. <laughs> 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 oh no it's, oh, that's Dior uh, finally um, our controllers come what up Chris how are you <laughs> good hi Chris um, uh, do, you need, are you, do I need to go somewhere no are you done no I'm still recording okay. okay thank you must I call you when I'm done yeah. do I have the studio for a long time thank you I'll call you whenever <laughs> I'm done shops till 12 yeah that's fine that's safe thank you that's fine are you going to edit that out yeah okay I'll, I'll, the podcast will go I'll edit everything out uh, we are talking about um 
the stench of uh, the stench of uh, men. Uh, you said how many? Uh, how do you know there's not men? Uh, so tell me, Iman. How do you know there's not uh, three? How do I know that there's not three hundred men out there? Well, I don't know, and I don't care really because that's Ooh, not my intention. To yeah, I know because I read me. an excerpt from someone's <laughs> book, and let me tell <laughs> you, I learned things. Someone was wearing heels, going to the club, strategizing <laughs> how to get the mans, then realized, nah, I'm better than this and I don't need that. And then it was very cute at the end of it where you said, you just want, if guys, here's a little tip, just say, hey, do you want to go for dinner? And it's true. That's basically it. And the worst a person can say to you is actually, no. I had a girl that I really, really liked, and she, I said, "If would you like to go on a date with me?" And she said, "No, thank you." And I thought it was the best rejection I've ever received. Exactly, because it's clarity. Yeah. yeah, clarity situates us so perfectly where we need to be, you know. And you, you know what the problem is? Like, there's so much that's st- like if you think girl boy or yeah. boy boy girl yeah. girl, whatever the con- whatever you, you yeah. know your, your preference is, there's so much that stands between us before we can even say the mm. first words. It's history. It's self projection. Mm. Our own negativity. Mm. Our alter egos. Mm. There's a bunch of crap that's right mm. in the middle. And mm-hmm. if you can just kind of push that aside and say, hey, I, I really, I feel something. Like, yeah. I feel like there might be an in it, like a connection here. Do you want to, like, I want to try that. The one, I'm, I, the one time I was with, I was, well, I say with a girl, but by with a girl, I mean, I liked a girl. And um, I was like, hey, I want to hang out with you more. And she just said, cool. Nice. Cool. No, cool is not a nice thing to say on the WhatsApps. Because you don't know. Cool. cool is like, inshallah. Like I don't know if it's inshallah yes or inshallah no. But what was the follow up? Yeah, we went. Sort of, I mean, so we there speak you go. And stuff. There you go. That, that, but then you got the mm. right message. Just, I, I wish all of us were just stopping so afraid. I mean, there are a couple of just basic rules: respect people, mm. be the, kind, yeah. be nice. Yeah. And also, if you're rejected, that's not a, that's yeah. not on you. you. It's not a bad yeah. show. It just means that in this configuration, you're not fitting. The correct word you use was kindness. That's actually the thing I base everything on. Yeah. Um, if a person is not kind, I mean, I don't really care anything else about them. Kindness is so important to me. You know, kindness and passion are um, sort of a wonderful. Mm. There's a beautiful mixology about that. Mm. Like, like in lovemaking, for example, mm. like you can have lots of passion. But Iman can... means sex, by the way, guys. She used the word lovemaking. Old. <laughs> Old. <laughs> lovemaking, guys. Maybe, love maybe making. we've got to return to that because yeah. there's a texture about lovemaking, which Just is different. Speak to me more. I am here to listen. You know. I am cheese. Great me, Iman. <laughs> <laughs> Do I'm you want a, the... I'm a carrot. Make me halwa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for this. Iman, we're running out of time, but uh, I forgot to give you the homework. I don't know why. But uh, you're very impressive, so you'll be able to think quickly on your feet. The first homework was, hey, Iman, um, for tomorrow's podcast, please bring through a song that means a lot to you and then connect it to a moment so we can speak about it. Okay. So do you need be, time to think about that? Or we do can you know read Lamar's fear. Okay. Um, because there's some beautiful okay, I didn't intro rap. Because wow. he's, he's like my street academic, you know, my street poet. Oh, I'm, I'm um, with you. I was at the United Nations uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was in New York. I was Show off. <laughs> I'm, joking. Off? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. else no. in the world. Um, uh, Iman was at the United Nations. What were you doing a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> Sitting at home. No, well, actually, to be accurate, it was on the sidelines of UNGA, which is the UN General Assembly. <laughs> and we were in a Rice's Foundation kind mm. of uh, meeting. I was and at Tasha's in Rosebank. <laughs> That's cool. Tash is okay. It's cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, to start with that rap was so weird and jarring, I think, for the mm. people in the room because it's not conventionally yeah. done. But 
I find that in a lot of fora that we speak, we, we speak in a way that's so remote and disconnected from mm. the reality of what's happening. Mm. We need to reintroduce viscerality and realism and like being immersed oh, in, in, in things, you know. Guys. And that poem, that opening word about dear God, you yeah. know, like, basically why have you forsaken us? And, you know, God, earth is basically gone to hell, you know, kind of thing. But it, it was about where, like, there's so many active wars, I think over a thousand yeah. that are still happening in the world today in a, in a, in a context where we're supposed to be more enlightened. Whoa. We have all these tools to be better human beings, but we keep choosing our base selves, you know. Um, you know what I've loved the most about this interview? And like, I very rarely have it with podcasts. It's the reason why I stopped for such a long time is that I love engaging a person's mind so I can find out more about them. And... I close my laptop and all these things that I prep for to ask Iman because Iman is not, isn't like a normal guest you have. Um, just to learn so much about, just, I love the way you talk. It's like, I love the words you use. Like I'm more infatuated with the words that you use than anything else. And I'm just like, I'm just amazed at how talented you are. And I, I need you to be back on any radio station or television <laughs> as soon as possible, please. Thank you. Continue uh, to create verbal symphonies. Wow. Thank verbal symphonies, guys. Yes. Okay. My last and the last question I have on this podcast is I invite all my guests to ask me any question. Uh, I'm very good at opinions. Thoroughly good at them. Um, so, yeah. If you have anything for me. What are you most afraid of? Someone asked me that already on the podcast. That it was heights. I'm no. Just like, I'm not yeah. talking about that. Oh, what are you talking about? Um, dying alone. Mm. That's it. I, I joke about it in my show. Because everybody talks about because I talk when I'm talking about love and I'm just be like everybody dies alone. It's got, I say I don't know how to end the show properly, guys. So I'll leave you with this tidbit of information: we all die alone, <sighs> even if you're married. <laughs> and then I point to the crowd that the people in the crowd that say they were married. So it's you two, John and Jane, you will die alone, each and every one of you. No one will be holding your hand. It'll happen on a Tuesday afternoon. And, you know that's it. So I think I'm I'm scared of dying alone. You just never know. You just never know. I just find it very difficult to believe that the person I'm meant to fall in love with lives in the same country with me. There's 7 billion people on this earth. I have gone to Japan. I've seen how they treated me there. A king. A king. A king. A king. I can't believe that I'm going to find the person here in Wentworth. You know? Why not? I don't, the stats. It, it could stats. be anywhere. You have to be completely open and vulnerable you have to suspend all your dogma oh i've got three more minutes and i just want to ask the main question iman are you as 300 men is there one that you're taking seriously there's one that i'm loving on oh always every single time i speak to you Manji, you always have somebody and that's the reason why i that's never make a true. move that's the reason why i never make a move because i can see it in your eyes the one day you told me we were speaking outside power of him and you're just like i met a man in a plane i was like you meet people on planes what beautiful life do you live? <laughs> I've done enough flights and I've never met anybody. I sit at the emergency exit. Well, I've never met anybody. always open, you know. I, can, I like this energy thing. Iman, if you don't have any other further questions for me, I'm going to wrap up this podcast and say, I love you so much. Thank you for being on this podcast with me. You didn't have to hang out with a small timer like me when you're living these big app worlds now where you're doing, it's popping off Nobel yeah. Peace Prize, you know. Please remember me when you make your Nobel Peace Prize speech and don't quote Kendrick Lamar. Because uh, <laughs> Malusi Gigaba a while back. <laughs> I know. We're we going to be, be right. Yeah, we're going to ride. We're going to be all, all right. right. <laughs> all right. Uh, if anybody wants to find you or contact you, because... Um, a lot of people listen to the podcast and then they're just like, oh, I like this person. I want to ask them questions. Um, go to my Twitter, Adi yeah, Don't go to her Instagram. There's only six <laughs> photos. But may I say something to you before Please. I go? And that is, 
stop being so self-effacing. I know that it's a foil. Yeah. Uh, and I know that it's cutesy and, yeah. you know, and it's something you say often. Yes. But there's a power in what we say about ourselves. And I, I invite you to just redefine that beautiful quality that you have in, in a more powerful way. Because you are, you're, you're thoughtful, you're sensitive, you're, oh. you know, you're endearing. You, you, stop, stop flirting with me, please. This is, is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I, it would, I, when people give You've me compliments, I don't, yeah, because I don't know how to take them. I, Just say I'm, thank you. Be gracious. Thank you. Thank you, Iman Repet. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank mm. you, Ma Mudli. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all. Mudli's not your real son, him. No, Rapeti is. <laughs> no, was it was the real? Was it what, what was Always the first been name? Always Rapeti. Ever... It was Vanessa Rapeti. Yes, you lying from those days, bro. From yeah, did you guys hear that accent? From from Durban. Because <gasps> how oh, you know I grew up in Phoenix, huh? <sighs> what have you been? Where have you been hiding that? What you mean? <gasps> oh, every time I'm talking like this, do, yeah. Do you I mean, play Danny? I don't know how to play that uh, game, but I can uh, I can play pool. Eh? Uh, Iman, thank you so much. I love you. <laughs> love you. This podcast is proudly brought to you by POC Podcasts. Simi Arif joins us in studio. He knows more than you can imagine. Is President Barack Obama a Muslim? Because you know it's going to be a zoo. It was already a zoo. Did anything happen while I was gone? Haven't you noticed the whole place is on fire? Let me tell you why you're here. But they can only speak in questions. <laughs> Are there side effects? Or? Just diarrhea. My first guess is... Simi, Simi, Simi. Knock, knock, who's there, this guy? Lesser known somebody's. Somebody's.